Hello and welcome back to Talking Indonesia. My name is Tito Ambio from the School of Media and Communication at RMIT University in Melbourne, Australia. In this episode, we'll be discussing Indonesian journalism. Specifically, the experience of one of the, what I would probably say, one of the most exciting media outlets in Indonesia operating right now, which is Vice Indonesia. And yes, it is a part of that Vice Media, the global brand known for its immersive journalism. And as our guest today describes it as a hyper-masculine media. It has been operating a bureau in Indonesia since 2016, and since then, it has been doing some really good hard-hitting journalism in Indonesia. But like other digital media outlets in Indonesia and around the world, it is also facing challenges to stay afloat. What is Vice Indonesia's strategy in tackling the challenges of operating in the world of digital media in Indonesia? What are their current and future plans? Our guest today, the managing editor of Vice Indonesia, Ardian M. Erlanga, said that back in 2016, he saw this as an exciting opportunity. So my first question to him was, six years later, is he still excited? Definitely. The room to, you know, for, for growth is, is truly unlimited for market as big as Indonesia. However, definitely there's come challenges as well. Well, basically we should we should maybe I should state that Vice basically is youth media. So investing on market which has uh, potentially a lot of audience to reach like like Indonesia with, with more than a hundred million people are, are considered young or, or are under forty is mm. definitely promising for us. But yeah, definitely we, we are currently trying to broaden our, our audience scope, which like, like for now, it's still concentrated on big cities in Indonesia uh, based on, on our metrics. So we want to reach a young uh, audience, not just, not just in, in big key cities areas like, like Jakarta or, or Surabaya. And in 2016 as well, you said that Indonesia, as you said, is a complex place. So what has been the approach that you take as the managing editor of Vice to to do that, to cover the complexities of Indonesia. And now, if you're expanding to outside of Jakarta, what would be the strategy or what has been your strategy? So we try to be honest because maybe, as you know, Vice is... Vice as, as a global media brand has like certain positions, for example, that, that probably in... in in the old kind of you know labeling is like a liberal left media mm. but we try not to push that kind of content really hard because basically outside like like in small niche groups young people here basically those who are under 30s not really understand or know vice as a brand so we try to bring stuff that, uh, and I try to experiment with a lot of things. For example, covering topics not, not or rarely covered by other youth media or, or, or even mainstream media. Mm. And we talk, we discuss a lot and we, we often 
have a in-depth analytical for for memes for example and also we 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 don't shy away from from controversial subjects like religions or 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 maybe supernatural you know a phenomenon that that usually discussed but has sometimes you know mainstream media doesn't care much about that so yeah we cover a lot of things that that really close or 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 often discussed by by our 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 demographics hmm. so basically we 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 will find any topics that that becomes a a conversation starter on on social media but whenever we see that that mainstream media is not covering that we're going to jump into that and cover that topic or or else we also cover a lot of stuff cultural stuff basically that that happened in Indonesia or or maybe we we create a documentary exposing certain traditions or unique traditions or or, or some things like basically it's 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 an old approach but it's quite effective it's a bit uh, like creating like exotic lands to <laughs> yeah you know to portray you know various interesting stuff happened in Indonesia but but we are we're trying to not do that again but at least at at first it helped us definitely to mm. to to reach wider audience well i i've been I've been a fan of reading Vice Indonesia, partly because I'm a nerd when it comes to supernatural things. <laughs> so I've been loving some of your stories on supernatural things, which I want to ask you about. But I think one of the challenges that I see that I can also see that you've been experimenting with is the use of language, right? Because yep. Indonesia is such a complex... I mean, before we recorded this interview, I had to apologize to you because my Indonesian is the 2000 version of Indonesia where when I, when I left Indonesia. So, you know, I don't know the slang words, and but language changes all the time in Indonesia. Young people in Indonesia are so creative with language. One thing that I noticed in Vice a few years ago, at least, you tried to kind of bring that Vice feel of using swear words uh, in Indonesian, but it kind of didn't really work that well, right? Yeah, yeah. So can you tell us about that, that, you know, the the challenge of speaking to a very, you know, very creative young people who also are creative with using languages. Yeah, sure. So at a time when we start building our newsroom here in Indonesia in 2016, there's a lot of our, our staff primarily under 30s. Mm -hmm. And basically, so there's a maybe this particular categorization, unique categorization, because they are mostly grew up in South Jakarta. So, <laughs> so yeah, this, you know, it's like, like hipster area. And, and so they, they, they usually use a code switching a lot when, when they have a conversation. So at first, when we start FISE in 2016, a lot of people like, like our, my friends or colleagues from other media or maybe readers ask me uh, or maybe they, they complain basically because mm -hmm. they they've, they felt that Vice Indonesia is too South Jakarta centric. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, because it, 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 it does reflect uh, from, from how we use like, like Lugwe as a, you know, pronounced and also a swear word definitely because a lot of five global stories that we translated use that swear words a lot. But then in the last three years, I believe, we have a like intense discussion internally and we reach a conclusion that just 
just be just just write whatever felt right. So we we are now like like for example for newsy stuff we are going to write it on on proper you know proper like like newsy bahasa indonesia yeah. but but then but then if it's necessary definitely on, on opinion piece for example if you're talking about like your experience grew up in jakarta for example so using like like more informal style of writing is a must so we are more flexible in that and maybe we are now more formal most of the time and that happens as well on on our documentary products because our old videos usually use lugue for example mm-hmm. and some people complain about that because <laughs> they felt that it's it's quite disrespectful i don't know why but but yeah to each her own right so i mean yeah but basically it it's definitely a topic for for internal discussion for a lot of times and now we settled on just ne- like we are never going to capture an authentic like like general type of how youth people talk to each other mm. so the best way to to tackle that is just just do whatever the best we can like like focus on telling a good stories at first just just care about styling later so basically that's the approach now mm. now for people who might not be really familiar with Vice uh, Media, Vice's output in Indonesia in terms of its journalism, can you tell us a few things that your team has produced in the last five years that you think have been important contributions to journalism in Indonesia, you know, stories or series or videos you're proud of? Oh, definitely. One thing that we are really proud of is this coverage of how many universities in Indonesia is covering up sexual assaults problems mm. or have rampant sexual abuses, but it's it's often neglected or not not you know the universities or campuses is not helping victims uh, where where that case happens. And we do that with our partners from from Tirto and also Jakarta Post and BBC Indonesia for a brief time. And that coverage, we, we name it uh, Campus Reputation or Nama Bay Campus, has won public service award in SOPA awards for, for best like Asia Best Journalism Awards in 2019. And, oh, sorry, 2020. We, we produced that, that series in 2019. So it's, it's like collaborative investigation. Mm. Between Vice, Tirto, Jakarta Post, and, and BBC for a, for a brief stint. So yeah, we are really proud, and and Vice definitely proud of that collaborative effort. Aside aside from from we are winning awards from SOPA or from uh, Suwardi Tasrif Award from Aji. We also are very happy because this this investigative piece that we produced together has been a driver for for a real change because the. UU TPSK, like like this new sex, sexual assault and sexual violence in bills yeah. that been pushed by a House of Representatives, uh, often cited data from that coverage, data wow. on on uh, how many because at before we, we we before we do that investigation, there's no basically there's no data on on the scope on on how serious sexual abuses happens on 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 educational institutions in Indonesia. And it's just universities. 
we 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 haven't talked about like like high school and and other other type of educational institutions. So mm-hmm. yeah, we are really proud of that coverage, and and for and it definitely helped us grow a lot as a media company. Is our coverage on how, of this scam organization and also the debt collector pro- profile of how debt collecting works in Indonesia. Mm. Those two. Those two documentaries with their accompanying written articles really helped us getting recognized, basically, in 2017 and 2018. So we covered this uh, Suicindo. Suicindo is like, like that occult, basically. But yeah. they promise people to be out of debt by redistributing super prized position in, in Swiss. Definitely scam. But hey, they, 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 they really have like members from across the globe. And we, we first know uh, about this cult from our colleague from Vice Australia because one of his relatives in Australia is in, you know, involved in this cult. Yeah, right. So, so yeah, that's, that's really crazy. <laughs> so, oh, great. So we have this internationally, you know, branches, uh, cult that has international branches and nobody covered that. So we got we definitely going to cover that, and and then a year later we finally produced months more than nine months effort to to at least approach the debt collecting organization to give us access to to at least put them on camera because debt collecting and and has has many layers of interesting story. First, mm-hmm. it's it's pseudo criminal activities. It's really in a gray area. People knows or, or or often discussed about debt collecting business in Indonesia, but rarely media give us a clear picture or, on how this organization works. Why does it need to be that way? Why hire tax for deep debt collecting in Indonesia? Mm. And definitely, like subtle racism happening because often those who are who works as as debt collector is from Maluku. So yeah. So basically, interesting stories, and basically, it pays off a lot because it it broke more than eight million views on YouTube, wow. and it's one of the our first video that really put us into mainstream, and people finally, it, not just from from youth demographics, but also people from across ages and sexes, like like finally, oh, what is vice? So that's that's really important piece that that we are also proud of. Yeah, and I think those two stories really show that one of the things that you have done very well at Vice, I think, is taking those issues that we kind of, you know, Indonesians know that these are big problems, right? Sexual assaults in campus, on campuses, when you actually try to do journalism around it, it's always complex, as you said. You know, I love the stories that the Jakarta Post and Tirto has, have done, but I remember the story of Meliana the best, partly because she chose to use her name. But I know that was quite difficult for you to make that decision to publish her name, right? And that involved discussions with Vice in New York, etc. Can you take us through that process? Yeah, sure. So uh, the one thing that started this, this collaborative effort is basically the Me Too movement happened globally. Hmm. And I have a conversation with Mas Fahri Salam from Tirto. At the time, he's, he worked as a managing editor for Tirto. We have discussion like, well, Me Too is happening everywhere, but 
why does it you know we never felt like like similar type of 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 exposure happen in Indonesia by individual and then and then one of our colleagues Mbak Evi Mariana from Jakarta Post at the time uh, mm. she said that well it's logical like like people are afraid to speak for about sexual assault because of of a cultural issues and also a big distrust on on women in Indonesia due to misogyny and, and other other cultural stuff so what we do is we just try to find anyone who is willing to talk at first that that's why we create a Google Docs for 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 a survey anonymously and everything but then we found Meliana she's She's fighting for for her case alone without the help of her family, and basically, she was tired, neglected by her university. So, mm. so she's willing to talk. But the problem is, we definitely want someone to be on camera, survivor who was on camera and then willing to explain the situation and create awareness. But then we we realize, and it's it becoming like like a much more intense debate internally on our collaborative team is like is it really doing uh, what our does our idea will will do her more you know more good or harm because we are afraid of of cyberbullying that probably will happen to her from the beginning Meliana said that she wants her stories to be to be publicized as honest as possible. So she definitely, since the beginning, she wants her name and the name of the universities to be, you know, to be publicized. Hmm. But since the written article that we do first on her. But so there's a lot of discussion. We need to have our, our, our legal team vetted the stories. <laughs> it's like gray area as well, because Meliana case is still ongoing on, on court at the time. So... We definitely don't want to, you know, because but but then we realize that Indonesia has no like prohibition for for media mm. to to like like, for example, publishing story that could intervene the outcome of of the of of particular case. Yeah. But aside from that, we we just want our, our first concern and our biggest concern is Meliana safety. So we we link her with Legal Aid Institute in Denpasar Bali. And then we also try to even we convince her to how about use aliases <laughs> and just just your real face, but or, or or maybe blurring your face. What about that? We 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 offer her two options, and she refused both. Uh, basically, Meliana said that I know the our my story won't work if I hide my identity mm. uh, because I need to inspire other uh, survivor to be brave enough to also speak their, their what they what they experience yeah have you had a chat with Meliana since the story was published yeah definitely definitely she's fine <laughs> definitely <laughs> she has to rebuild her life but but she moved on and she's fine and what we what makes us happy is we we are afraid that she's going to be cyberbullied or maybe dismissed by by people on the internet but at the time the the rece- the reception the response is overwhelmingly positive for mm. her and for us i mean there's a lot of people applaud her because of her bravery to to speak of the matter and then i guess and komnas perempuan also told us that that when we have this discussion with komnas perempuan as well because so we have the situation the survivor that we interviewed want her identity to be told 
exactly as it is, but we offer her uh, another options to use aliases or blurring her face. But then Komnas Perempuan said, if, if the survivor want a certain thing to, so you should you should respect her decision. So mm. that's what we do. Yeah, and and for those of you who don't speak Indonesian, Komnas Perempuan is the National Commission on Violence Against Women. Is that yeah. am I right? Yeah. Yep. Um, yep. And I think that's a really interesting case because I'm also wondering, I'm sure you followed that case with Deddy Corbusier who yeah. interviewed the married gay couple and yeah. basically there was a huge controversy around that. Is that something that you feel is a challenge for Vice in Indonesia as you want to do these challenging things? Yeah, what what are the discussions around these controversial issues? Mm. So basically we have these kind of new challenges now like we are competing with individual platforms right i mean not 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 necessarily the social media platforms but, but individual channel on certain platforms like daddy's carbuzier is basically now has has a similar power to like mainstream media on on influencing debates discussion is basically opinion maker now yeah a real opinion maker for for indonesian audience some media companies are not you know they 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 did not like this type of situation <laughs> definitely <laughs> i have colleagues from 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 televisions like channel mainstream television channels that said higher ups try to influence our ministry of communication and information to banned news content not produced by news organization so that's interesting there's an interesting situation developing in Indonesia now because the old guard of, of in the media industry definitely felt threatened with, with they have to compete with for example, women magazine now has to compete with with makeup influencer, for example. Mm. News television that, that mostly produce news and, and also on air debate, for example, they have to compete with Daddy Corbusier. There's a lot of negative sentiment growing towards towards individual channel that that getting a bigger and bigger influence over time but yeah that, for us it's not really a big deal for vice i yeah. i cannot i cannot speak for other media company <laughs> but but because we are part of this growing digital trend right since the beginning since 2007 i believe when when vice haven't been you know expanding outside of north america we are riding this wave of, of new, you know, the, we, we were one of the first media company using YouTube as a platform to distribute documentaries at the time. Mm. So because we are part of this digital transition, we definitely did not saw Daddy, for example, as a threat or as a competitor. Because this, uh, talking about Daddy, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about a whole different realm because it's not journalism. He's not protected by our journalism law in Indonesia, mm. but all oh, matters that happen on that on his podcast, for example, that that copy a lot the format of Joe Rogan, will will be you know tackled by internet transaction law. When we discuss that, we discuss about freedom of speech in Indonesia and audience that has no understanding on on how media company works definitely. Maybe see Daddy as a like a media figure now, yeah. but it's definitely not the case. Well, that kind of reflects the conversations around this globally, right? Where 
Joe Rogan criticizes mainstream media, but he yeah. is mainstream media now. He, In a way, yeah, 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 yeah. He's more popular than, you know, he, he probably has more downloads on YouTube than the New York Times, for example. Yeah. And I think what, what's interesting for me is what you said before about, you know, Vice has been a part of this digital media landscape change in Indonesia, at least since 2016. What is, what do you think is the biggest challenges for Vice moving forward now that was different when you first started? I'm going to be pragmatic. We are for-profit companies and definitely how we survive on these, these you know, rapid changes yeah. in digital landscape with, with, you know, to be still profitable, at least to, to you know, to to be survive in these these rapid changes is definitely a challenge for us when you know the revenue channel is getting thinner and thinner because what what happened now is everybody really dependent on on Google and Facebook mm. for for distribution and can, there's can I, a can I ask yeah, you yeah. what your business model is in Vice Indonesia well definitely it's not not really old school but we, we offer like an in-house agency Mm-hmm. as a service and also doing commercial stuff like like brand placement and everything so it's it's pretty standard but we 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 are we are fortunate enough that we have this other kind of business definitely the agency side that help us a lot so we are not really you know need to monetize our news platforms for for other media company in Indonesia is definitely a challenge and it's definitely painful for for them to to you know keep up with with the demand to be to have like big page views for example or or big engagement mm. but at the same time you know the the ad placement is has been you know challenged and be taken over by by Facebook or Google mm. so so there's a lot of uh, growing sentiment here at least Vice is not currently involved, but but I have a lot of friends in this in this industry, and there's a growing sentiment to, you know, try to negotiate with the government to approach what Australia has done with with Facebook. So mm-hmm. that that's really that's a really growing uh, you know growing conversation happenings in in this in the media industry here. Yeah, that will be very interesting to follow. Now, in terms of Vice Indonesia. What do you think is what? What are you contributing to Vice as a global brand? We are one of the we we are the first bureau for Southeast Asia, right? So we mm. we cover a lot of stuff happened in Southeast Asia before. Finally, we have offices in in Singapore and also contributors in Philippines and Malaysia. But before we we cover this whole area, and then. It's it's underreported a part of the world, right? <laughs> so, yeah. at that at the time, at least in, in 2016, we definitely brought a lot of interesting, unique perspective on how, for example, we are not going to preach it, but we're going to show them how this Muslim majority nation has has unique situation with with democracy thriving in a way. And also, it's a Muslim, a majority Muslim nation, but still have this unique side of, a, for example, how how the society approach spirituality, and also how it's not how you portrayed from from the 
Westerner lens, uh, definitely, mm. or North American lens, like how you portray typical majority Muslim nation. So yeah, there's a lot of interesting topics that we cover, and they they really like what what we we you know brought up for for Vice Media as a brand globally. Yeah, and I think, <laughs> I mean, I, I know Vice and you yourself, you've done some amazing journalism throughout the years, but your story that I remember the most is the. Kongguan tin story. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and this is something that most Indonesians who grew up, you know, eighties, nineties would know this tin, right? Can you tell us about it and why you decided to do that story? So Vice globally has given us a lot of freedoms on covering topics that will we definitely love to saw. So we have this higher autonomy because we produce our own local language. Mm. So content, not not like uh, like India, for example. So we are free to do whatever we like. So because that kind of autonomy, we definitely want to cover things that that I have mentioned earlier. Uh, have been a main like like uh, like urban legend, for example, <laughs> or uh, a long conversation starter between Indonesians like uh, Kongguan, this this famous quits a brand that, you know, have this interesting artwork on the packaging. And, and basically people are, are you know, it's, it's a long, it's a meme, famous meme in Indonesia, like, like uh, why this family it depicted in the packaging has no father figure, for example. So, yeah, it's, it's it, because it's a famous meme and we cover meme because we care about meme because meme is the, a real topic that, you know, a uh, special topic that uh, really resonates with our youth demographics or target audience. Mm. So we definitely try to uncover <laughs> the memes. And I, and I, I just, I, I'm a bit lucky because at least there's an old article mentioning the name of the painter or illustrator, for, sorry, illustrator who created the artwork for, for Kongguan Biscuits. But then there's no information on how to reach this illustrator. But then I found out that one of the... I have a colleague who have friends with, with his son. I, I, at first, I don't know if his son. It just His name is really similar with uh, illustrators. Yeah. I contacted him. I, I stalked him a little bit. <laughs> like a good journalist. I, yeah. Okay. So he's indeed son. So I approached him and then he, I, at first I thought he's going to, you know, unwilling to talk or share information about his father. But it's really surprising for me because he's really happy that somebody remember her dad's work or <laughs> <laughs> remember that his dad is creating these, these big memes in Indonesia. So yeah, he's he's more than happy to connect us. So then, and the rest is history. Yeah, well, I think that's that's what I find refreshing about Vice Indonesia. It kind of, you know, when you have a foreign correspondent from Australia going to Indonesia, and there had been some amazing foreign correspondents working in Indonesia, but they would not take this story seriously, right? Or you mentioned supernatural things, for example. You know, you have different categories for supernatural things and your reporters have done some really cool stories about the supernatural. Can you tell me why Vice is in interested in reporting about those things? <laughs> well, because we try to be Vice Indonesia, not, not, not Vice brand that 
open up a new bureau in Indonesia and then try to, you know, repackage what works globally for our Indonesian audience. So that's not how we work. At least that's what that's the thing that that we agreed upon from the beginning. Hmm. Like we Oh, you know, because basically when when people people from from North America, for example, or Europe view Vice as these media who cover weed or or pro weed legalization and covering wars in Ukraine or 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 at the time on the war on Islamic State, so yeah, that we have this particular hyper masculine macho brand, right? As a as a youth media. Mm. And we we are not to try to replicate that. What we do is we are trying to to be as authentic as possible, covering covering any topics that that really resonates with with young people here. For example, tawuran or mm. street brawls. We try to be covering covering this kind of topic as nuanced as possible, not just labeling it because a lot of yeah that's that's the thing we were. We try to be serious on topics that the you know labeled as not not important enough by other media company. Mm. Basically, that's what we do. And for supernatural stuff, and that's also yeah, we we have one one particular writer at a time who are basically work only on that bit. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah, well, because because it's 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 a, it's a you know it's interesting side of Indonesia. We are, we are, we are, you know, country that very religious, but at the time also very keen into supernatural stuff. We don't have like particular survey on it, but I believe that if if people under 30s, even those who are, you know, have like better education than their parents or, or maybe lives in, in cities and, and highly educated and highly globalized, they still believe on pochong. Or they still believe on, on like urban legends like rumah kentang and any yeah. types of, of you know stories like that. And we we never mock anything. I mean, we never have like like we start we never start covering something with bad faith. Well, it's interesting, Ravi, because one of your reporters who've done a lot of supernatural things, at least in the past, is Arzia Wargadirja, yeah. and she's also the journalist who did the sexual assault story, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so this is kind of interesting for me that yeah, you have an amazing journalist there, who can tell stories about super, the supernatural, but also, and with journalistic verve, as well as you know your more traditional journalistic stories like the sexual assault on campuses. That's what we do. <laughs> well, it's just <laughs> it's just because of 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 resources limitation. We are we are very we are a, a very small team from the beginning. We ne- we are never you know reached past like more than forty people work for for Vice yeah, right. Asia. And, how many and, and, how many journalists do you have now? It's only ten. Right, so okay. <laughs> all, all the time. and we have to cover Indonesia, but but we never just you know we have these networks of contributors as well. So it, it definitely helps to cover this country as big as Indonesia. But but definitely we need to juggle a lot of things at, at one time. Mm. So lastly, what's the plan for Vice Indonesia for this year and into the future? You mentioned a few challenges. Anything exciting you can share with us? We are now reaching uncharted territories. What I mean by that is TikTok. 
oh, <laughs> and wow. and also platforms and various platforms. I mean, I remember in 2019, TikTok is still viewed as a childish platform, mm. and people and even even media. There's no media other media companies basically. So we we reached there, but we 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 are we become pioneer basically. But then after one million followers now on TikTok, we are now thinking about what we do next, uh, definitely, and how we can monetize this, and also podcast. So mm. it's really interesting because it's something that that so basically our our market is dominated by people talking. <laughs> so yeah, a conversational podcast. I mean. I mean, we 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 are now working on on filling the you know filling the gap now for in Vice Indonesia, and also it's still on early, but I can maybe I can share this to you. There's there's also an appetite for docu series on Indonesia, maybe on our channel, maybe on streaming platforms. It's still ongoing process, but basically. Mm. It's really interesting to when we realize that Indonesian audience never has seen proper docu series on famous serial killer in the past, right? For example, or or crime, not not just crime, but any type of documentaries. It's it's rarely produced, so we're going to venture into that as well. Right, that's exciting. So true crime, true crime, yeah, like edit true crime podcast, true crime docu series. We never have that in Indonesia. Like uh, at least proper one, mm. so that's what what we are working on now. It's really because uh, at least our our colleagues from from KBR is try to do like like smaller like smaller feature podcast, but uh, it's better to produce more right and and more of, and we need variations on our podcast market. So yeah, yeah. it's definitely interesting. Well, thank you very much for your time. I've had an amazing time chatting with you. Is there anything else that you want to share? Just please follow Vice Indonesia if you can. <laughs> <laughs>